Today is Monday, February 27th, 2006, and you're listening to The NACOcast with Christopher Millard, coming to you from Canada's National Arts Centre in Ottawa. The National Arts Centre Orchestra makes a trip around the world this week, featuring the fabulous young soprano Haley Westenra. Jack Everly welcomes you to the fourth in our series of CTV Pops, with one of the most eclectic programs I've ever seen. Our concerts on March 2nd, 3rd and 4th showcased the phenomenal young New Zealander, Haley Westenra. Haley was featured with the orchestra in the Lord of the Rings Symphony two years ago, but here's a chance to hear this remarkable 18-year-old really cut loose and show her incredible versatility. Haley will join us singing everything from traditional Maori songs to Puccini's O Mio Babino Caro. She has impeccably clear diction coupled with a very wide range. So come and hear the voice that has propelled her CD pure to the top-selling classical lists around the world. Conductor Jack Everly is hugely popular with the National Arts Centre Orchestra audiences, but what you probably don't know is that he is equally popular with the musicians. The reason is simple. Jack cares about the quality of his arrangements and about the excellence of his performances. He loves to program really good lighter symphonic fare. And in his own arrangements, he takes care to challenge his musicians. He rehearses the orchestra with great attention to detail, to balance, to expression, The result is that the orchestra is able to treat our pops material with the same respect and attention that we do to our more serious programs. Jack never reduces a good orchestra to playing uninteresting backups to pop singers. He understands that audiences can only be involved if all the musicians are involved. The first half of our pop show this week takes you around the world, including Emmanuel Chabrier's España, Alexandra Bordan's In the Steps of Central Asia, Brazilian composer Etar Villalobos's The Little Train of Caipira, Respighi's The Pines of Rome, and we have brief stops in Australia, the USA, and even a descriptive little piece about Ottawa by Canadian Bob Farnan. It's a great chance to hear the orchestra just having fun with a rich program of light classics.
Pops concerts play a big role in the life of symphony musicians. Though we are all primarily trained in classical techniques, we learn very early in our performing careers that we must adapt to the flexible styles demanded by the Pops repertoire. As you have heard in some of our Pops programs, symphony musicians sometimes have to swing. The ability to swing is not listed in the curriculum of most music schools. We learn to let go and slip into that easy way of interpreting rhythm only by doing it. The demands of the Pops program are particularly felt by the brass players, who must sometimes shed the careful paradigm of classical symphony playing and play big and loose. Some of these shows feature big band playing, and the traditions of jazz and swing take over. I'm particularly proud of the ability of the National Arts Center Orchestra's brass players to transform themselves into a swinging big band. And the fact that they can do this so easily, while at the same time remaining among the world's most refined classical players, is impressive. NACO does not play as much large orchestral repertoire as many other orchestras. We are a group of only 60 musicians, so the big orchestral showpieces of Mahler and Strauss are a rarity on our stage. Our brass players are particularly adept at playing the music of the 18th and early 19th century. Playing trumpet in Mozart, Beethoven, or Schubert is particularly difficult because the smaller size of the orchestra requires a lightness and a transparency of tone that is tricky to achieve. Our two trumpeters, Karen Donnelly and Eric Roop, are masters of this idiom. And yet, as the NAC orchestra moves to an ever-widening repertoire, These same players are capable of adjusting their playing and their equipment to compensate for the different kinds of sonority and volumes required. The jump to the pop's repertoire can be particularly challenging. Karen Donnelly, our principal trumpet, can play the trumpet solo in Handel's Messiah with exquisite care and the next night play the raucous big pop's arrangements without missing a note. This kind of flexibility requires great care of the player's physique. Brass and wind players often talk about their embouchures, a word used to describe the relationship between lips and instrument. Sound on a trumpet or trombone is achieved by buzzing the lips in the cup-shaped mouthpieces of their instruments. If you've never tried making a sound on a trumpet, I hope you won't let life go by without giving one a try. It's a very, very odd feeling at first. And while it's astounding that the curious buzz can be transformed into such beautiful sounds, It's equally amazing that brass players can do this for so many hours a day. It seems that the muscles and tissues of our lips are remarkably resilient. However, they must be treated with great care. The kind of vibration that a professional player applies to her lips can be profoundly taxing, especially in louder volumes and higher pitches. Principal trumpet Karen Donnelly is with me this week, and I'm going to find out what she does to maintain a healthy embouchure. So, Karen... Our Pops program this week is pretty eclectic. We've got repertoire from a dozen countries and several centuries. When you move from the controlled and delicate plane of, say, a Schubert symphony to a pop show, what's your biggest challenge? Well, um, 
I think uh, all the brass players would agree with me that it is uh, definitely a physical challenge uh, sometimes to play the pop shows. That can be some of our uh, meatiest programs of the year can be the pops programs, particularly because we have to do them three nights in a row. And <clears throat> because it is very physical, we have to include a recovery time. In terms of preparing for something, moving from something delicate, it's tricky because you need to be working on uh, your power aspect of playing, the strength, and but also trying to maintain the flexibility for whatever the present program, if it requires delicate playing. But I would say, in fact, it's the recovery after the pop show is done that I find most challenging for me personally, because you need to recover from that very demanding, physical, almost, um, I don't want to say destructive, but it's very aggressive kind of playing. And then move into, say, for example, if we had to play something really delicate like a Bach program or Mozart, that is challenging. So let me get this straight, Karen. If we're doing Haydn and then a Pops program, that's an easier proposition than if we're doing a big big Pops program and then you have to move back to something classical. That's what I would say. Yeah. Because um, it's, it is, you know, everyone keeps saying we're like athletes, but I, that's the moment where I absolutely definitely feel like we are athletes. Because so often on a POPs program, we are all physically wasted at the end of the night because it's just so demanding the type of, not only the type of playing, but also the type of focus and concentration required. Then to go from that, playing, say, big band charts or whatever, to Monday morning, there you are working with the music director playing a super delicate Mozart symphony, that is dicey. And sometimes you'll find we'll, um, you know, uh, some people use ice to, because sometimes the lips will swell up with... Do you surround the ice with scotch or anything Well, some, I think some people, I've heard... I've heard that, that you've, some you've people heard that do some people that. Do that. I, see. I I'm not. Um, I don't do that myself. <laughs> but, seri- but seriously, some people actually put ice to their lips. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sometimes I mean I might use um, ice water. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Maybe an, and a lager to to chase, <laughs> chase down the ice d- water. Do you ever, do you need to sip water when you're on stage? Mm, sometimes uh, it's a rare occasion. I think if I'm. Maybe, but that's just maybe. for that's just for dehydration. <clears throat> that's not for care of lips. No. Yeah. yeah it wouldn't be. Yeah. It would be for dehydration, yeah. So this week's pop show is a, is basically a light classics program. But you guys often have to cut loose with the big swinging big swinging stuff, you know, the, the big band emulations. Does the big band jazzy swing stuff come easily to you? Well, um, I really enjoy that kind of playing a lot. Um, whether it comes easy, um, <laughs> I, I really like it. But it is something that I... kind of usually have to practice because it's um i mean i did play in um big bands and stuff in university oh you did um, so it was part of your education well uh i was encouraged to make it part of my education and i gotta say i'm very happy i did that because now i see of course with these programs several times a year um there we are having to pretend we're you know taking the a train Yeah, yeah and um it certainly uh, has been an asset. I, I know some of my colleagues, for example, if I can say Don Renshaw, our principal trombone, he um, did a lot of club dates in his early days. And mm-hmm. that he is such a fabulous all-around player. But this is really where you notice. And you he's a real leader in this type of music, I find. Just come in and lay it down yeah. and 
you're just wailing on all those charts. Well, Karen, if you're going to take the A train, you got to know how to swing. So did you did you have to learn to swing? Did you did you get taught how to swing, or do you think it's just something that happens on the job? Oh, I I I played in big bands in university and in high school, as a matter of fact. So someone band, and someone absolutely said, "Yes, you don't go ta ta, you go do that." Okay. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. And I got to say that I'm very glad to have done that because my first professional gig playing first trumpet, playing the lead trumpet part was a pops program and I had to play all these big band charts and oh, no kidding. I was so thankful that thank you McGill jazz band <laughs> for providing me the opportunity of really knowing how to uh, how to swing yeah now I notice sometimes uh, Nako brings in a, uh, a specialty trumpet player on occasion for certain pop shows what's what's that all about I'm glad you asked Chris because that's um if there's uh, music that requires extremely high, we call it screamer trumpet playing or lead trumpet playing, uh, I like to bring in a specialist because just as much as I'm a specialist in playing Haydn and Bach and whatever, I guess you could say, these guys are specialists in playing that music, the commercial style big band and that's their expertise. They're playing particular type of equipment that um, goes with that co- type of repertoire. Their training was absolutely in this um, this genre, if you want to say. But the thing I like is that this is a specialist which brings to the listener, which is, you know, our subscribers, our concert goers, the highest level possible product that we can provide. If we bring this one person in from, you know, a specialist, say from what we often have, you know, guys come in from Toronto to help us out, they just take it. It's the, I feel feel like it's the icing on the cake. You know, the cake is good, but when you get a really good covering and little, you know, fancy little doodads on the top, that just makes the whole thing sparkle. And that's how I feel about bringing in these specialists. And then I usually um, play second, I sit beside whoever that lead player is, and I mean it's still a big workout playing, even playing second. But um, it's nice, it's great, and I find it really inspiring because these are great players, and I get to sort of learn with great players how to play all of this repertoire. And we really bring in a couple of the really best guys. Oh yeah, in the, country, the, t- huh? the top, the top notch. Oh yeah. yeah. It's really, they are really the best players. Boss brass kinds yeah. of players. Yeah. 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 That's great. Now, I want to get back to, uh, you, t- you talked to, uh, you talked to the issue of athleticism in, in brass playing. I would like to know, just as an athlete does a stretching or whatever to warm up, what do you do to begin your day, to, be, to begin your warm up? Well, I think stretching is <laughs> stretching <the laughs> required, lips. but oh, actually I do stretching of my sh- upper body, oh, shoulders, arms, neck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, uh, particularly first thing of the day. And then, yeah, stretching of the lips. Um, we some... often do breathing exercises mm-hmm. to get the lungs uh, getting used to having the high flow of air. You know, uh, the lungs and, and I should say more like the body to have a relaxed inhalation, expiration yeah. of air. But in terms of warm-up, I, l- I like to start low and slow. Okay, do you warm up? I always start with the mouthpiece that... Um, I always start with the mouthpiece. Just well, before you, get... before you do that, just sh- show me what the show me what the lips sound like all by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Karen. No, I meant when you're oh. when you're buzzing, Karen. <laughs> I 
Okay, well, that's a pretty weird sound, Karen. But uh, So now you put the uh, mouthpiece onto those buzzing lips, and we get... Now, are you finally ready, Karen, to actually put the mouthpiece onto the trumpet? Well, I usually do about 10 or 15 minutes of that mouthpiece. Oh, wow. It's a, it's a long, and you go, I, I like to go through the range of the instrument on the mouthpiece. Should we do that now? I'm not sure the podcast is going to last long <laughs> enough for that. <laughs> Any- I still have too much Dvorak in my lips to do yeah. too much of okay. a, from anyway, last night. So now you put the, you're putting, I see the mouthpiece onto the trumpet, and now we hear... What, sort of a basic opening plane warm-up? Yeah, that's a very fa- I usually do this very famous, we call it the Chickowitz warm-up. Okay, let's hear it. The Chickowitz warm-up, that's called. Vincent Chickowitz. That's a, right. A dear old friend of mine that's and one of your right. great teachers. That's uh, right. One of the all-time great trumpet teachers in North America from the Chicago Symphony. Okay, what uh, what other kinds of warm-ups do you do? Well, uh, typical brass playing goes along through um, ver- a variety of scales and arpeggios, which everybody knows what they sound like. But we also do flexibilities, which is basically moving from the notes of the harmonics series. And it sounds like this. And our pops this week includes a section from Respighi's Pines of Rome. Not often done here at NACO. Now here's a chance for the brass section to really, really cut loose and blow. Is it perhaps the uh, the biggest blow of the of the season? <laughs> well, it's definitely a it, it's a big piece. Yeah. It is a big, huge piece, and it requires a lot of extra brass players. But thanks to our um, brilliant librarians, they have reduced the. Because it it calls for teams and teams of brass players to be in the wings and off stage and in the hall, and they've reduced the parts, but you'll still have the impact of this massive sound. Um, and yeah, it's it's not a piece that we would normally play, I think, because of the size of the orchestra. That it's mm-hmm. a very large piece, but I am absolutely looking forward to playing. I've never played this movement in my career so far so uh-huh. i'm i'm happy to get the opportunity to play it even if it is um this reduced version but i, th- I still think it's going to have a great impact yeah, i can't wait to hear you play this karen next season neko's programming is really branching out into a repertoire that the orchestra has not approached before yes there's some really interesting looking things i gotta say for next year uh to just identify maybe a few that come to mind um I have to say the Bartok program in the fall with Franz Paul Decker playing the concerto for orchestra is, it's funny when you think about it, you you think this is a, this is exactly the kind of piece that, that NACO would play so well because it does um, a lot in the uh, pairing of the, uh, showcasing the, the different sections of the orchestra and having a real clarity to the sound, which I think something that's something a signature sound of, of NACO, it mm-hmm. seems. And um, let me see. There's also, oh, I don't know. There's so many interesting programs. I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to so so much of it, actually. Yeah, the orchestra's really taking on a lot more next year. It's going to be... It's, it's ambitious, it's be, yeah. It's going I'm, to be great I'm, for I'm, us I'm all, ex- I think. It's exciting. Karen, uh I'm not sure if audience members realize this, but you pl- you own and play more than one kind of trumpet. So how many trumpets do you own? Well, um, I would say um, I'm a bit of a, a, a 
a small collector <laughs> of, of trumpets. So I do own probably about 35 instruments, 35 trumpets. I hate to ask what a major I, collector has. I, I mean, I know, guys that have, I know guys who have hundreds. So, yeah, that is a small collection. But I would say a, a, an, an average professional trumpet player would have, say, a minimum of a dozen different horns. Why? Well, they're... <laughs> It's the it's like a carpenter needs all of his tools. Mm-hmm. A trumpet player needs all of her trumpets. Like so we the, we use the B flat trumpet for example yeah. is an instrument we often use on the pop shows because that's the typical standard big band instruments. The standard orchestral instrument is a C trumpet, which is pitched one tone higher. Then we get into there's also a D and E flat trumpet, which is used for Bach or Baroque music and solos. Then we have the piccolo family, the smaller instruments. It comes in F, the keys of F, uh, G, A and B flat. And then, of course, there's the rotary valve trumpets, which the Nacro audiences see us use a lot in the classical repertoire, Haydn, Mozart. As opposed to the piston valve. A, yeah, thanks, yeah. Chris. Yeah. yeah. And the, so there's, you know, B flat, C, key of C for those, D, rotary as well. Then you have the cornet family in the same keys. You have often on the pop shows we'll be using a flugelhorn, which is the big jazzy, you know, uh, horn. Do you have an extra room in your house just to store all your trumpets? <laughs> I have two lockers here in the basement at the NAC, yeah, you yes. You have to. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and that brings me to another point, which is interesting, I think, is that for the... For changing styles like that, it is uh, very common to change equipment in, in pr- particularly in the trumpet. I think, um, and and I know trombone Don Renshaw again. I mentioned he often brings in uh, a, a type of trombone that was absolutely a typical instrument um, of these what they used in in the time of the swing era. Mm-hmm. It's a different style of make and size of horn and and i'll do that as well i'll change equipment i'll use a smaller mouthpiece um we we (laughs) we call it the um sizzler the sizzler it's not i mean it's just a slightly smaller Uh mouthpiece that allows for the easier high notes i know it's kind of well you have a lot of things to deal with oh you don't want to know half of it chris (laughs) let me tell you (laughs) so one thing you might like to know is did you know that Haley westenra who's singing with us this week her first CD, when she was 15 years old, sold over 2 million copies. 2 million copies of your oh, first CD. That's so, two times the population of the province of Saskatchewan. <laughs> so when are we going to have the first uh, Karen Donnelly oh, solo yeah. CD go, going platinum? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I would just have to get all my relatives to buy it and it would go platinum. <laughs> yeah. Karen, thanks so much. Oh, Chris, it's a pleasure to be here in the uh, media place of the NAC and to be talking with you and I hope that uh, everyone enjoys the concert of the Pops. Thanks a lot. That's NACO's principal trumpet, Karen Donnelly. Karen is going to have a lot to do this week as the orchestra gets pumped up for a big Pops program. I hope you'll join us this week at Southern Hall. Jack Everly and the NAC Orchestra will be on stage Thursday, Friday and Saturday nights this week at 8pm. We hope to see you there. You can subscribe to this and other NAC podcasts by visiting nac.ca forward slash podcasts. There you'll find our past episodes, subscription links, and instructions on how to subscribe. You can also easily find us as a free subscription in the podcast section of the iTunes Music Store. Search for 
NACOCAST. Please send us your comments and questions. You can reach us by sending an email to nacocast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. Join me for next week's NACOCAST when I talk to Lawrence Awashko about our upcoming performance of Johann Sebastian Bach's greatest masterpiece, the B Minor Mass. For the National Arts Centre Orchestra, this is Christopher Millard. Thanks for listening. 